Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back. It is season two of the Still Small Voice podcast. Still kind of amazed that people are listening to this. As I can tell you, it was not on my radar until January to even do this. Never in a million years. But here we are. Today is not super organized, y'all, but I think that's okay because what I want to do is just share where things are headed with the podcast, what's going on with my life, and answer some questions. Of course, I also want to share my favorite resources with you because that's a question that I get a lot from people is, who do you listen to? What are you reading? So I thought this would be an opportune time to share this stuff with you. This season of Still Small Voice is going to continue to be a little bit all over the map, but still think that's okay. This podcast is designed for everyone, so at some point, something is going to be applicable to you. I'm going to start the season out by sharing with you some things that I've been learning over the last nine months about relationships. I've honestly never been super good at relationships. I'm not saying that I've always been a terrible friend, although there have been times that I've been a terrible friend. Also, not saying that I'm a terrible wife, but I've not been so hot at that sometimes. Truly, the issue is that I've felt uncomfortable in most of my friendships, and I've assumed the worst in all situations of all people and put up walls. I've even put up walls with my husband. And in January, God really started to teach me how to get rid of the junk that is keeping me from really entering into relationships healthily. The Lord is good because, guys, I didn't even really know he was doing it, which, you know, is generally how things go best with me. The Lord knows me pretty well. It's best for me to not know because I'll obsess over the goal instead of focusing on being transformed in the process. I feel like that was a really profound statement that I just made. Probably true for a lot of us, but God started to really show me how to do this for this person or say this to this person or start praying specifically for another person. He would start to encourage me to believe the truth about this situation or that situation. And as he did all of this, I slowly really began to heal on the inside and also began to see that I'm surrounded by really incredible people in my life and that I should be blessed by those relationships and that we should start serving each other in covenant ways. So without going into too many details, that's where I'm going to start next Monday. I want to talk to you about covenant relationships, why they're biblical, why relationships are so hard to cultivate within the church, and why we need to embrace walking through life with others. But after that, I wanted to pause and be joined by Sam Petty, and he's going to do an entire podcast with me on their survivalist mindset and orphan heart because these two things are the biggest hindrances in healthy covenant relationships with other people. And then I'm going to wrap up the conversation on covenant relationships, hopefully pointing out 
beforehand that some of you actually need to receive healing so that you can enter into these relationships healthy and free and wrap it up by talking to you guys about what we can learn about covenant relationships from examples in scripture and give practical steps on how to pursue healthy relationships with other people because we're not supposed to do life alone. All right, well, what else is coming, okay? My husband and I are going to sit down with two couples who have been married for a year and they're going to share what they've learned about marriage and life together and what God is doing in their lives. I also am going to sit down with some female church leaders and talk about their experiences, how they prepared for their calling, how they confidently accepted it, dealt with obstacles, and give testimony to victories. This episode is not coming to bash the church just to give all of you some ease or maybe bring all of you down a notch because I don't want to go in that episode to a theological debate on women in ministry. It might come at some point. It probably will. But that's not the heart behind that podcast. It's going to be to encourage. I have two young boys, as you know. So there's going to be a lengthy discussion about pornography and how to protect your young children, both boys and girls, from seeing the crap on the internet. And how to help them get freed if they have seen it. How to protect them going forward and of course why you yourself need to be freed from it because there are probably listeners out there maybe even parents that are still dabbling in it and they need to let that go i am going to do a podcast on hearing the voice of god because so many people have asked about that it's going to be mostly filled with stories and testimonies because there are already so many amazing resources out there on this and I truly believe that all that we need is faith, trust, surrender, and the actual word of God to hear the word of God clearly. There's just so much more that we're going to tackle on the podcast but I am going to stop there and segue into answering a question and then use answering the question to segue into my favorite resources. So this question came from Savannah. Savannah always asks me the deepest questions and I confess that I normally pawn them off to my husband who I consider to be a biblical scholar, but this time I decided to to punt and, and answer it myself. The question is, where did evil come from? What is its origin? And I actually did take some time a few years ago to research this question because I spent a really long season contemplating pride in the musician and I studied the origin of pride through my meditation on that subject and I believe that pride is the original sin. But before I answer, I'm going to tell you guys how I came to the conclusion that I will share with you. First of all, I read articles, essays, and commentaries from biblical scholars. And I will share my favorite ones with you in a minute. Of course, I also read the Word of God and I prayed and asked for the Spirit to show me as I read these books, these essays, read the Word of God to really just highlight to me what I needed to get from it. I will tell you that 
the debate on this particular subject is often divided between those who consider themselves Armenian or Calvinist. If you don't know what that is, um, I would encourage you to just look that up if you feel so led. I will tell you that this was honestly a shock to me that people actually argued about this stuff. When we moved to Louisiana, I mean, both of my husband and I grew up in the church, but particularly in in um, central Louisiana and where we were working, it was a massively huge debate and it was really divisive and ugly. And there were several times that my husband and I were like, what is happening? Like, this is so weird. We, we didn't know that this kind of division existed. So... When I came, what I came across, I saw that there were weaknesses to both arguments, and I even uh, found some of the these ideals to reveal almost a weakness or a flawed view of God's character, which immediately made me uncomfortable. So I I would put them away and then later pick them back up. But nonetheless, this is kind of the process that I had, in addition to, like I said, reading the Word of God. But I will tell you guys, that there's just not much in the Word of God on this subject. And I, I meditated on that that reality the other day, the fact that God doesn't talk to us much in the Word about where evil comes from. He talks a lot about sin, of course, and how to overcome sin and the victory over sin. So I guess maybe it's an underlying theme. You could say sin and evil, but you guys do understand that the point of scripture is victory over sin, victory over evil and Satan through Jesus Christ. It's not a story about Satan's life or power. It's a story. It's a manual for life and victory. I, I couldn't I couldn't help but wonder if God in his infinite wisdom, of course, left out parts of that story because he knew it was what was best for us. You know how some things are just better left unsaid? I wonder if this is just one of those situations because this is the thing. Every commentary that I've read and almost every article and essay I read basically said, yeah, this is one of these mysteries that we can't and won't fully understand here on earth. So I'm just going to share with you what I have gathered. Let me be super clear. I cannot find any clear evidence that God is the origin originator of sin. So I'm going to say that again. God is not the originator of sin. Satan is. Yes, God created Satan. Because God created all things, right? God created the vessel and God knew, because God is sovereign, that this vessel would do something stupid. <laughs> But evil sin was birthed from a choice made from the vessel, from Satan, the devil. And how do we know this? Okay, so here are two scriptures for you. John 8, 44 says something similar actually from Jesus. He, Jesus said, he was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he when he likes lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Another similar verse is found in 1 John 3, 8. 
which says the devil has been sinning since the beginning. And I do want to point out some consistency here because I think it just adds to the infallible nature of Scripture. John is a gospel, right, written by the Apostle John who walked with Jesus. Obviously, 1 John is also written by the same apostle. So John clearly learned these aspects from walking with Jesus, and it was something that he kept with him and continually thought on and taught on through his entire life. I also want to say, because I wasn't planning on saying this, but sometimes people ask me what my favorite books of the Bible are, and that is really, really hard. But I would say that if I had to pick favorite books of the Bible, that John, 1 John would be way, way up there on my list, along with 1 Peter and 1 Corinthians. You see, I can't, I can't pick. Um, so <laughs> when did sin happen? Like when, when was its origin? Well, most scholars agree that this rebellion occurred sometime in the middle of the creation story. One scholar, Wayne Grudem, says that it happened sometimes, sometime between Genesis 1.31 and Genesis 3.31 and that pride was the original sin. And here are some other scriptures that are used in the commentaries to back up this claim. Isaiah 14, 12 through 15, Ezekiel 28, 11 through 19, and Luke 10, 18. All of these scriptures describe some aspect of the fall of Satan. And of course, one of these scriptures comes straight from Jesus's mouth. So I will tell you that there is some debate on the Isaiah scripture because there is a literal meaning to this scripture, which is referring to the king of Babylon. So some scholars say that this scripture cannot be used as evidence, but I'm I'm open-handed with this because one thing that you learn when grasping how to interpret scripture, specifically the prophets, is that the prophetic books often have parts of scripture that are used that use literary devices, some of which create this kind of dual meaning. For example, if it's a prophetic event, it could have like a near view aspect and a far view implication, meaning something happening in the immediate and symbolizing something that's going to happen years down the road. Some scriptures could also have dual descriptions. So what some people advocate here for this scripture in Isaiah is that the prophet could have literally been talking both about the king of Babylon and also Satan simultaneously, and that the Lord could have used that duality to give some insight into who Satan is, how he became Satan, and just honestly the origin of evil. I do want to discuss briefly, though, this issue of free will Satan fell because he made a choice that relationship with God was not enough for him. He preferred to just be God himself or like God himself. So he took matters into his own hands. This this is pride and this was a choice. The first human sin started with temptation from the serpent and it started from a choice, right? With every choice, there is a consequence. To me, this is Parenting 101, right? Humans would not be humans without free will. This statement was actually made in one of the commentaries I made. I pulled it out and wrote it down verbatim. verbatim. Humans would not be humans without free will. While I read some of the articles by a few staunch Calvinists who disagree with this notion, I've meditated on this because I just, I just believe that any other explanation other than free will changes characteristics of goodness and righteousness, kindness, lovingness of God. And I do believe that God 
can still be sovereign and all allow people to have free will. Scripture is pretty cool, isn't it? I don't know. I just wanted to say that. Really cool. It's really cool. One commentary I've read also um, said the following statements, and I thought that they were so good. It said, Evil was a necessary accompaniment to God's plan. The evil actions of humans are foreordained by him. He does not intervene, but uses evil to produce his intentions. And he goes on describing how in scripture we will see the word will used to describe two things in regards to God's will. Will sometimes really means wish. God's general intention, the values with which he is pleased. And then God's actual will is his specific intention in a given situation, which he describes will actually, or he decides is actually going to occur. Go back and listen to that a couple of times because I read that uh, through in the commentary two or three times and I was like, wow, the difference between will and wish. And he ended by saying, God can will something but not wish something. So basically, God does not desire or wish for sin to occur, but there are some times where God says, so be it. Remember that God's plan is all-inclusive. No areas fall outside of the purview of his concern and decision. Think about Ephesians 1.11 when, when, you, when you meditate on that. So here's how I want to wrap this answer up. I have so much more that I really want to say about this, but I do want to mention a few things about keeping ourselves in balance on this subject. One of the things that I read said that in the New Testament, it its focus regarding Christian growth is not on demonic activity, but on the choices and actions taken by Christians themselves. Now look, I know that some of you are like, no, hold on a minute. We, we, we know that they cast out demons. That y- Yes, of course, we know that. But it's not a focus. The focus is on Christians learning to walk by the Spirit, to sin no more, to walk holy, to take action themselves and be empowered through the Spirit to live right. I'm saying this because there are some people out there who need to stop assuming that there is a demon attached to every single one of their problems. Sometimes it's just us. Sometimes we just make the wrong decision when presented with a choice. Did Satan create the sin you're struggling in? Yeah, of course. We, we, we just discussed that. But you're still choosing it. Sometimes bad things just happen because of us living and existing in the world. Your car breaking down is sometimes just because the car broke down, not because some demon came and attacked your car. Can a demon do that? Sure. I don't want to downplay the reality of Satan, that Satan does come after us constantly. But I also don't want to elevate it either. I mean, the reality is that God loves us and he is for us. And I don't know, we just give the devil too much credit sometimes, people. And here's the thing, the, the, the devil shows his hand. We have the power and the authority to withstand evil and sin. Luke 10, 19 and 2 Corinthians 10, 14 are evidence of this. So when Paul tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, he's not saying 
the, the demonic is at fault for everything in our lives. He is saying that the originator of sin and evil has caused a, a sin nature in us that will tempt us, but we have the spirit to empower us to not be taken down by that nonsense. The point of that scripture is to encourage us, not to tell us to be looking for a demon around every corner. So there's balance here. Some of us need to stop obsessing over everything being a demon. And there are others of us who quite honestly need to face the reality that sometimes Satan comes after us. And it's not because you're doing anything wrong. It's That's precisely the point. Satan will come to tempt us and chase after us when we are in alignment with the will of God. And so that's why Peter tells us that we need to be sober-minded and on guard at all times. So that's my... My spiel on evil, it is not inclusive by any means, but I did want to share with you the three specific resources, the the three big ones, my favorite ones that I used to study this. I used three specific systematic theology books, and they're all by three different biblical scholars with three different denominational backgrounds. So it was so cool to see that a lot of them had similar things to say. The first one that I read is the most user-friendly, meaning that it's the most easy to read, easy to find, and it's it uses language that isn't so scholarly that you have to look up every word in the dictionary, you know. Um, but it's called Bible Doctrine, Essential Teachings of the Christian Faith by Wayne Grudem that I mentioned earlier. I've used this commentary to do research on several other doctrinal topics. I don't agree with all of his interpretation, but I have always found it super easy to read. And there are many things in it that he just states so well and clearly and specifically. I always enjoy reading it. The second one is Christian Theology by Millard Erickson. A little more scholarly in language. It always takes me a few times to read on a subject to grasp it. But he is very in-depth and actually gives an overview of the the varying ideals and and um, opinions on topics and then he explains what he thinks work what he thinks about those interpretation works and what doesn't work and um he does all of that before giving his own interpret- interpretation which i find in most cases to be really balanced and researched the last one is Renewal Theology, a systematic theology from a charismatic perspective by J Rodman Williams Again, highly scholarly reading. To be honest, this systematic theology book was probably the most scholarly in regards to language. Probably the most difficult to read. It was my least favorite of these three on this particular subject, but it is my favorite in looking into other topics. But I'm sharing these because I want all of you to know that you don't have to be a theology major or a scholar to read these books. They're available in most libraries and gaining knowledge about the word and taking your Bible literacy into your own hands is a beautiful God-honoring thing. There was a season in my life where I thought I just shouldn't even try because I believed a lie about myself that I wasn't smart enough to get this, but little steps here and there of obedience has turned into me being a lover of biblical interpretation and theology and doctrine and all of that. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. It is never wrong to invest in knowing as much as you can about God's word. It becomes wrong when it becomes legalistic or obsessive. 
or you be, create an idol out of being knowledgeable. That is possible. I'm going to leave that there because that's a whole other topic. Okay, so I've just shared three of my favorite theology, systematic theology books, but I want to share some other books. The first three books that I've read this summer are off the chain good. Like I would literally say, stop what you're doing right now. Literally stop this podcast. Go put them in your Amazon cart. The first one is called Paul, Women, and Wives by Craig Keener. I believe that's how you say his last name. I'm probably going to butcher some of these names, so... Forgive me, authors, if they ever hear this. Probably won't. But this book is super scholarly. I would not say it's the easiest to read, but it is all-inclusive. And I just want to just tell you, it's just so, so, so good. You think it's going to be a book about women in ministry and women in the home, which it is, but it's about so much more. It gives a lengthy explanation regarding slavery and race in the Bible. It gives so much context regarding the early church, how they worshipped, where they worshipped, how they gathered, how they interacted with each other. Like the Erickson book, Keener takes time to give many viewpoints, as many as possible, and tells you what works about the viewpoints and what doesn't based on his own thorough research. At the end of every chapter, he's giving you pages and pages and pages and pages of footnotes and explanations because he just has done so much research. So good, guys, I'm telling you. The Great Sex Rescue book is great for both men and women to read. It debunks a lot of wrong beliefs that we have about purity, sex, marriage, and it also gives reviews of the books out there on this subject and why some of them are teaching dangerous things. So good. Great resource for both men and women. A little-known book by A.W. Tozer, Alive in the Spirit. Not many know about it, but it's about pursuing a life in the Spirit and experiencing the power and presence of God in life. Per usual, Tozer's dropping some truth bombs in this book, and it's so convicting. The last book I want to share is The Story of Marriage by John and Lisa Bevere, incredible resource on dating and marriage. I am going to use that to segue into talking about John and Lisa Bevere. I've honestly been kind of shocked at how little people know about these two in my neck of the woods. Not just shocked, but also super sad because they are legit. My husband and I have followed a lot of Christian leaders, couples during um, during our time together in ministry and and those of you who know my husband should know that he has fairly high standards in who he follows and listens to and we are in complete agreement that this couple might be the most solid Christian leaders out there. I wish I were being sarcastic but I, I literally will will just put that out there. Where I work, you guys, we are exposed to thousands of leaders. I listen to their stuff. I follow them on social media. I'm just telling you, these two people are the most consistent and biblically solid. I don't mean to offend some of you Baptists out there. This I, I'm, I'm okay if that offended you, but I'm just telling you, these, these people are legit. <laughs> um, John's book, The Bait of Satan, changed my life and has changed the lives of so many people I know. It's about laying down a fence, picking up forgiveness, and just so much more. Go buy that book right now. Um, Of all of the books I've mentioned so far, this is my number one recommendation to you. It is Anointed of God. John and Lisa have a podcast 
called Conversations that's off the chain. They do not shy away from any topic. I personally, there's, they have so many, but my favorite podcasts um, are, I listened to, the last one I listened to just a week ago, I think, was one that they did on Mar- in March on the prophetic. They were honoring, yet truthful and clear, describing biblically what the prophetic gifting is, what it's not. And the point of it, and and they also give some perspective on all the ridiculous junk that's happened in the last year. Um, I also love their podcasts on women in ministry. There are several of them. They also do several podcasts on hearing the voice of God. Love their podcasts on obedience and 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 distractions. Just so much. Literally, I cannot recommend them enough. Lisa has her own podcast for ladies. Another podcast that I want to recommend that's new because I really believe in the calling that's on their life are are from some local pastors. Um, It's called Unquenchable and it is about Don and Jen Love's ministry and healing prayer. I'm recommending it because I think a lot of people turn their noses up at healing prayer, but healing prayer, sometimes in combination with counseling, can really change your life. And I want to honor them because this couple's really counted the cost in obedience in this area and they're moving forward in faith and the cool thing about this podcast is that it's testimonial and that really is giving some insight to people and encouraging people to maybe look into this as a tool for healing in their own lives so my favorite episodes they're really short by the way so definitely something you can listen to in the ride to work I think my favorite episode was the Freedom From Religion episode, which is number 14. They are only one season in, uh, kind of like me. <laughs> the epi- episode 11 is good um, on uh, Jacob's, called Jacob's Girlfriend, Don Surrender. And then episode 9, which is on molestation in higher education. The last thing that I want to talk about is music. A lot of people are always asking me, who do you listen to? What are you listening to? And it's a tough, touchy subject for me. So I'm just going to get in and get out <laughs> as quickly as possible and keep it light. So I have musical seasons. My my trends and what I listen to tend to change literally with the seasons. Um, generally, around this time of year, it's 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 August, mid mid to late August, I immerse myself in jazz love jazz. I'm always listening to a variety of things, but I always have one thing that I'm like, this is what I listen to in the mornings. Love jazz music in the fall. I usually listen to it up until November. And then you guys will learn to know that I love Christmas music. I love Christmas time. It's my favorite time of year, no pun intended. So around January, I kind of transition into Christmas jazz. And then as this Christmas season develops, I go into the the all-out Christmas music. January, I dive deep into worship music and classical. And around April, it's like fun, poppy classics like John Legend, Dave Matthews, Christian rap because my boys are obsessed with Christian rap. Ed Sheeran, and I love Alison Krauss, guys. You guys should go listen to her. She's legit. I like happy, happy spring music to get me into summer. But worship music, though... This is tough. Obviously, I have to know what's out there and I listen to a lot of it because of the nature of all of my jobs, but I'm just going to tell you who my go-to, what my go-to lists are, my go-to albums, artists, 
and I'm not going to say anything else. Brian and Katie Torwaltz, I, every time I listen to them, I just, I feel the anointing and I, I love all of their stuff. I love CeCe Winan's new album. Um, I love the Peace album that was put out by Bethel, but it was really a collab of artists during the COVID pandemic. Catch the Fire is um, a great movement um, that I believe is based in Canada, but uh, they have some really great stuff. Um, David and Nicole Binion. I love some of Church of the City stuff and, of course, some House Fires. That's the stuff that I listen to on a daily basis. That's that's my favorite stuff. Um, I, I generally make playlists of specific, you know, songs from people here and there. But if I'm listening to uh, people, all of their stuff or the majority of the stuff, those are the people. I also do want to say that I love Callie Heiligenthal's Fault Lines albums. I just think they're really innovative and I love the themes of the songs and Stephanie Gretzinger's Undoing album will always and forever be my favorite album of all time, my favorite worship, my favorite meditative Christian album. Another thing that I don't want to forget to mention is that we need to not sleep on the older generation and I'm sad to say this, but... Music that was written now five years ago is considered old school. And just thinking about that makes my mind explode. But we don't want to sleep, y'all, on the older generation, the older the older music, the older pastors, mothers and fathers of the faith that are out there. So I do want to mention one album. I think it's called I Just Want You. But it's by Vicky Yohe. And Yohe, I, I know I'm going to mispronounce her name and I, I want to apologize to her because I don't mean to dishonor her. I wish I knew how to say it correctly. But I'm telling you, that album is super anointed. I want to thank Christina for um, bringing that back to my attention over the summer because I'm telling you, it's so, it's just so anointed. It has so many incredible songs, deep songs on there, even some that would be amazing to use for worship. But also, there's an amazing older man. His name is Fount Schultz. You can find him on Facebook as Brother Fount. And he is precious, and he just has this heart to teach people more about who the Lord is and the Father's heart and... It's just, he's amazing, and he has some incredible resources, especially of lately that he's put out. So I'm just warning you guys, I don't mean to sound like that person. Yes, I do. I'm lying to you. I do mean to sound like that person because it's totally something I slept on when I was in my 20s. I turned my nose up to certain things that certain older people were saying, and really they had an enormous amount of wisdom, and had I listened to them, I probably could have avoided a bunch of trash that I went through. So those are the resources that I wanted to share with you. But I want to now talk to you about some exciting ways that you can get involved in the Still Small Voice podcast, but also just in the community of Lynchburg. If you're local or if you're not local, you can still 
be a part of what's happening here and what I believe God is about to birth in this area. So I have been thinking a lot lately about testimony. And I was thinking about how the disciples, they shared the gospel by sharing the testimony of Jesus Christ based off of what they have seen. They talked about what Jesus did. They told people who he was, but they they also told them about the miracles that he did, how he healed people, how he delivered people, what he fulfilled through scripture. They also shared proof of these things to describe his character, who Jesus was, which was perfect in every way, right? They shared these works, this testimony as proof of Jesus's perfect divine nature. So I want to share other people's stories that will bring glory and testimony to Jesus Christ because I don't know about you, but I never get tired of hearing how God moves in the smallest and the biggest things. It's always amazing to me. And I believe that through those testimonies, people can be comforted and also empowered and encouraged to expect for the Lord to do things like that for them. So There are so many ways that we can go about this. I can have you on the podcast for a few minutes. You can record a voice memo and send it to me on your phone and I can put it in here for people to listen to. But it doesn't have to be long. But I think that sharing our testimonies is really important. And I know that sometimes there are things that are really personal, but there are also sometimes that the Lord is asking for us to step out of our comfort zone and actually share our stories because it's not about us. It's about sharing the gospel of Christ and the good news of Jesus Christ and the love of the Father to the world. That's what we're called to do, to make disciples. And I think this is going to be something really beautiful because... I think there are a lot of people out there who hear stories like this and they think that maybe it's not true or it's just coincidence or, oh, well, that will never happen to me. And really what I want to do is just flood people's ears with the truth. I want to flood people's ears with the reality that Jesus saves, that Jesus is alive that Jesus is in the business of healing and making whole and that that is for all of us. So please contact me with your stories. You can contact me at drsrmill at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram or on Facebook and send me messages so we can communicate on how I can get your testimony out there because your testimony is something that the Lord revealed his glory through. It is something that Jesus was revealed to you more through, thanks to the love of the Father. And it's important for more people to feel that. It is important for people to just have their ears flooded with the goodness of God. So please reach out to me and let's get these on the air. Let's get these out in the public for people to hear so that we can really just encourage faith so that people's faith can grow and 
through those little seeds, I think we can really see an impact in our world and in, of course, the community of Lynchburg because that's where I'm at. The last thing that I want to share with you all today is a reminder about this Young Adult Women's Conference called Real that will happen on October 1st and 2nd in Lynchburg, Virginia at All People's Church. And there are several reasons that I'm bringing it up again. First of all, if you are a young adult woman, 18 to 30, you need to register for this event. It's free. We're even feeding you Chipotle for lunch, girls. And we're going to have breakfast, pastries. We're literally doing everything we can to take care of you because we want you to come and rest in the presence of the Lord and just receive that weekend. I I really have been contemplating a lot over the last several years that I really was not okay for many of the years in my 20s. And I pretended to be okay when in reality there were these deep-seated issues that I had specifically revolving around depression and anxiety that sometimes were public but other times were very private and hidden. And those issues really caused me to go into some spirals and make some really poor decisions in my life. And I had no one really to talk to about it that had the same belief system as me. Instead, there were so many ways in which I conformed to the world and that didn't make anything any better. And so it's from this experience of mine and the understanding that our current culture is completely nutso, it must be way more difficult for young adult women in our current culture to be deeply rooted in Christ and in their identities and not be weighed down with anxiety, stress, depression, addiction to pornography, masturbation, having a poor body image because of just everything that's in our face from social media. There's just mountains of issues that don't really get discussed and most of the time it's because people don't feel safe. I know some of you right now are really uncomfortable that I just said the word masturbation on a public religious podcast. Sorry to offend you but I know that there are a lot of young women out there who are really confused about this issue and that confusion is really just opening up a door to the enemy to really make them feel like crap about themselves. And I understand that so many of these issues are, according to our culture, normal. And I want you to know, ladies, yes, it is normal by the means of our culture that these are things that are in your face and they are actual real issues in the world. But it is not normal for you to stay stuck in them and for you to just accept them as part of your life. That is not what Jesus died for. Jesus died for you to receive freedom and for you to live in the wholeness of being a daughter 
of God. And we want to talk about these real issues because on the other side of talking about them are real answers that we're going to find in Scripture. We're not going to use the current culture to interpret the Scripture for us. We're going to interpret the Scripture through the Spirit, through the actual Scripture. We're going to actually look at things through the scripture and not through what social media or this famous pastor or this famous person says. We're going to actually look at it ourselves. And the whole point is to create a safe community. We want to connect women with each other, like-minded Christian young adult women with each other to provide a support system so that this kind of thing can go out. We can create other safe communities for young women to turn to, to receive the help and freedom that they need. So that's what the real conference is about. Honestly, that's kind of what real, this still small voice podcast is about. In reality, I just want to fill people's ears with the reality of the goodness and faithfulness of God and be an outlet for people to feel empowered through the Spirit to walk in their destinies and to live a kingdom lifestyle. That's what, that's the point of this podcast. So ladies, register. If you don't fall into the category of the ladies who can attend this conference, please pray for us. Please invite your friends um, to all the, to the, all of the gentlemen listening to this podcast I'm sorry we don't have one for you right now, but I am praying that that will happen in our community soon. But please do be praying for us, for me, for my family, for our team. And if you want to register, which you should, there are two URLs that you can go to to register. You can go to myrealconference.com or you can go to allpeopleschurch.com dot us slash real you can also contact me if you have any questions like i said it's a free conference the only thing that you have to pay for is a t-shirt if you want one and there's two colors and the design is really awesome also find the event on facebook because i'm putting out bios of all of the speakers i'm going to be putting descriptions out of all of the breakout sessions and We're going to end the weekend with essentially a night of worship and prayer. We are all going to pursue wholeness and freedom and empowerment through the Spirit together. And I really, I just really believe the Lord's going to do something special that night. And I hope that you will join us. So... That's the first episode of season two of Still Small Voice, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to send me your stories. Next week, I am going to be talking about covenant relationships. And don't let that title deceive you into thinking that it's just about marriage. I will say no more. Tune in next week and you'll hear all about it. Speaking truth